G'day boys. Fellas, how are we going? Good, mate. Yeah, not too too bad at all. Hey, James, good to have, good to have you back on again, James. <laughs> Bailey, how are you? It's been a while. Yeah, mate. How are you going? Yeah. Good, good. Yourself? How's the US? Yeah, going well. Um, just well, just got over to LA today, so over here for six nights. So had to make a couple of changes. We went to um, an original hotel, and let's just say it wasn't very good. It, the, the pictures certainly lied to what it was, what it was like. So we had to cancel that and go to another one. But the one we're at now is very nice. So yeah, six more days, and then I'll be back uh, on the flight home, back um, sleep in my own bed, which will be. Which would be very good. So, um, how's the off season treated you, mate? Obviously, uh, we we heard a bit of um, on the episode with uh, Holmesy. Obviously, uh, haven't checked that out. Make sure you guys do. But uh, how's had the Christmas and and New Year's and everything like that go? Yeah, no, that was all very good. Um, bit of bit of time off from fantasy, which is nice. Relaxing, saw the family, chilled out, but. Back to work tomorrow, so it's kind of um, a <laughs> bit of a downer, but, you know, so bad. You got your hat yet, mate? Yeah, I got my hat. Got my hat, which is good. Awesome. Um, awesome. Join the number two club, mate. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, it pretty pretty cool to have a single digit on the hat. I mean, it's pretty cool to have any hat, let alone any. Um, but, yeah, single digit definitely makes it look pretty cool, I reckon. Yeah, and on that, obviously, just for anyone listening, that mate, that podcast is an awesome podcast. Young Holmes, you did the other week, uh, talking about you know what you kind of learned from last year and your team from last year. So everyone should definitely go and check that out. Oh, cheers! Yeah, no, it was, it was good. Good to have a chat with Holmesy just to see what he's what he thinks about it. He's obviously done it twice in the top ten. He's very very switched on man. Oh, um, he's a legend of the community, mate. Yeah, he is. He's good. Awesome. So, yeah, so make sure, yeah, as, as uh, James had said, make sure you do go and check. They obviously, uh, we won't go too much in obviously your philosophies and stuff. So, obviously, that was done uh, with Holmesy. So, we'll, we'll go more on uh, what you've done uh, with your first draft of a team. So, obviously, as we've said a few times, Cycle 6 uh, underscore AFL on Twitter. Um, obviously, made the spreadsheet. If you haven't used that spreadsheet to pick a team, make sure you go and do that. But, um, just with your opening thoughts, James, with the team, uh, uh, what are your early thoughts in terms of when you were just initially picking your squad? Like, were you able to fit all the players that you wanted in or was there some players that you um, would strap for cash? What were your early thoughts? Um, early thoughts is this year, I think, um, will be a touch, touch harder. I mean, we've obviously got 19 points less in the salary cap um, than last year. So it is a little bit of a tighter fit, but going on from um, 2021, so two years ago, which I think it's roughly 40 points or thereabout more since then. Mm. So I don't think it's an overly difficult year to pick a starting squad um, just in terms of um, salary cap price. But there is, a, there is a fair few options available and I think there's a fair few underpriced guys um, as well. So... It won't be about who to pick. I reckon. Well, obviously, it's about who to pick, but there's, there's, I reckon there's plenty of um, good picks out there. Um, so I think you know you can you can make a team quite nicely. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, I'm a bit the same. I mean, I you know the way that I kind of go about it is I start you know. Well, I mean, I always have 
notes that I take from the previous year that I kind of, you know, in rememberings or things that I should remember when I first start looking uh, at the next year. Um, then I start putting together the kind of the list of players that I'm interested in. Obviously, there's, you know, if, if you, I mean, nowadays with all the content out there as well, there's, there's not too many that kind of slip through the net, which is good, right? Um, mm. Because, you know, I mean, kind of, it means rather than digging into the data, you, I can walk around the lake with a dog and do my, do my research, listen on podcasts. But, um, but from there, then, I mean, once Cycle Six's team planner came out, that's when I start sort of throwing players in and tweaking around with structures and things like that. Is that kind of what you do? You got kind of players first and then structures? Or do you, do you think much about structure? No. So structure is something that I completely kind of disregard. Like I'm not a big believer in, um, you know, you need to have two premiums or three premiums in, in each line um, at all. I think you just hunt the value. And the rookies are the first players I pick. Um, and then that kind of dictates the structure. And obviously, because yeah. every year is different, um, that's going to – it's like I just find it um, a bit obsolete to, to have a set structure before you even see what rookies are going to be there, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Buzz, but what that, about you? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, uh, like – I said, well, picking my obviously team as we went through, Tim, uh, I not found it easy, but I fit every player that I wanted in straight away without too much of a hassle. So that's, I hope that's a good thing. Hopefully that means that I'm sure that, as we said as well, that we'll probably change our team a hundred times <laughs> at least before before the the first game kicks off pre-season, like the training start, and then we'll get intra-club games, all the notes, and then you'll have, obviously, the pre-season games. There'll be, there's bound to be an injury or two, unfortunately, as much as we don't want, but there probably will be, or something will happen, and then we'll be changing our teams. But, um, but yeah, as um, James, the thing that stuck with me that James said to uh, Holmes on the interview was that every year is different. Like, every year, there's always, obviously, different players present more value. There's, like, last year we had... Um, so many players, like the cheaper guys, the mid prices pop. Whereas this year, there's a, there's a few names there, but there's probably not as many sort of, not gimme picks, but picks that you're like, yeah, you've got to pick those guys. It's a bit more of a like open open season in a way. People can sort of, there's plenty of players to pick. So, um, but yeah, so do we want to get into some specifics, James, in terms of your team? I think we'll probably what starting start in the defensive line. Um, so who have you got for your six defenders on field? So six defenders on field um, at the moment, obviously, like you said, it's going to change a billion times between, between now and round one. Um, but I've got Tommy Stewart at D1, uh, Nick Dacos D2, Connor McKenna's sitting there at D3 just for now, but he probably, I don't know if he's going to play, but at 42 presents um Good value if he's in the 22, I think. So he's just kind of a placeholder there. Um, but obviously, there's a few other picks at, at that kind of position, like yeah, Elliot Yo's and whatnot. Um, and then I've got the three rookies down there in Ginby, Chesser, and Wilmot. Yeah, cool. Beautiful. Yeah, that's very, very similar to, to mine. So Tom Stewart, so he's the, he's the one that I want to ask you about. So I know that Cam from Draft Doctors was talking about this on the defenders rankings he's um sliding here but he thinks that maybe duncan 
being there obviously had an effect back last year. What's what? If, what? Why is um, are you keen on Tom Stewart heading into the upcoming season? So priced at ninety four point five. Um, I don't think that's too much to pay for a D one, and I don't think um, like I can't see a world where he where he's doing below that. Um, if so, I do think he's going to be value. I'm not saying he's going to be the D1, 2, or even D3 for the year. But with the with the players that you throw up who are going to be in that D1, D2 position, like your Doherty's, your Sinclair's, your Dawson's, your Brayshaw's, um, there's a fair bit of gap in terms of price. Like I think Brayshaw's at 99, so that's five points more expensive. Uh, Dawson at 101, that's seven points, six and a half. Sinclair at 103. Nearly nine points, and then Doherty fifteen points more at one ten. Um, I, I just think it's probably going to be a bit closer um, with those those five guys. So my my theory, and I guess my um, ideology behind that pick is he might not be in the top three or four, but he's probably going to be four or five. And I don't think it's going to be five points difference between. You know, maybe the two, three, four, and five. Like I can see and Doc, and Doc if, being yeah. on top, but um, I don't want to pay that one ten. And do you think that Doc might regress? I mean, that's my kind of thought. Um, to be and honest, do you I think don't he's know. Thereabouts. Yeah. Um, well, the other thing that I think about it with these as well, like um, you've really got a regression can be doing the same price um, based on how the the game the pricing system works. In those yeah. first few weeks, if you don't actually outperform what you priced at, you'll drop in value. So a regression can be a 110. Um, so he really needs to be doing 112, 113 um, for it to actually be, you know, break even or increase slightly. Yeah. So I, I don't, I think that's more unrealistic. I can see him doing a 108 around there. Um, yeah, I agree. But. Yeah. Are you concerned? Uh, are you concerned with Stewart about um, uh, Duncan back there at all? Um, not, not especially. Um, I think it's it's kind of like a, a wait and see in in preseason. Um, but he's been Duncan's been down there before, where Stewart has gone bananas, and he, I I don't really think he can. It's going to hinder him all that much. Um, I could be wrong. Absolutely could be wrong. I think it's more around Stewart's coming into that prime age. Like, I thought he's a shout to be the next captain um, after Selwood. Have they named a new captain yet? No, I don't think so. I think Dangerfield put his hand up and said he'd like to be captain, yep. but they haven't, I don't think, officially named someone yet. But I'd imagine someone like Stewart would be in the mix. You'd um, think we'd love, probably give it to Dangerfield. After last year as well, with what happened with that suspension, you'd kind of feel like he's got something to prove a little bit as well. That's what I thought as well. Like, mm. um, and you know, he, if he, if he comes out in those first six weeks, like the cats have got a pretty, pretty nice run for a premiership side in those first seven, seven rounds or whatever it is. Um, if he comes out and averages one Oh five, one ten for those first six weeks, it's kind of set you up for that D one pick, um, as well. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just get, just getting, just getting the prices just quickly up here. Obviously you'd mentioned, obviously, the three guys, well, the four guys at the top, I should say. You got Doherty nine seventy seven. You got Sinclair nine eleven. Dawson eight ninety three, and then even Brayshaw eight seventy. And then you got Stewart all the way down eight thirty six. So you're saving one hundred and forty on K um, from Doherty, and then you're saving like 
70, 80, 90k from those guys at the top. So I do get, obviously, it's a very good point that saving that money and then Stuart could also, we've seen him obviously last year with those big, big scores. He can push that um, 95 plus and he's priced at 90, what, four and a half. So you're probably getting a bit of good value there. So it's um, definitely um, a good pick there. And then you got, so Nick Dacos was obviously your um, D2 thoughts on him. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of Dacos, probably like every person is. He's a brilliant footballer. I think, obviously, concerns, um, second-year body, you know, he is a bit of a, a slider one. So whether he um, improves on that 87 enough, which is what he's priced at, is kind of the, the debate that's going through my head. Like, Because I'm a big fan of Angus Brayshaw as well. So there's every chance I've got Brayshaw in there at D1 and then Stewart at D2 and I scrapped Dacos. But for now, Dacos is in. He's like, he's just, they're just going to give him the ball, I think. Like, he's such a beautiful kick. He, I can't see him not getting a, a couple more disposals average um, purely because, like, I reckon they, they know that he's probably the best kick in the team, if not if not his brother. Um, but, so for now, like, I can see him. I do expect him to get into that mid-90 range. Um, so that's obviously good value and pretty close to top six as well. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to go pretty close to top six. I mean, I can't remember the stats off the top of my head, but, you know, when you look at his front half of the season to the back half of the season, I think there was a pretty significant differential there. I think he averaged about mid-90s, yeah. something like that, in the back half of the season. So, you know, if he can do that for a whole year, um, you know, and, and look, there is that possibility. I mean, I don't know that they will put him in the midfield, but there is that possibility he could go in the midfield, which, you know, for most people is an uptick in stats as well. So... Um, you know, I think he could be a top six, uh, a top six defender, and he's underpriced. So I, mm. I really like it. I'd be surprised if they personally, like, if they threw him in the midfield just with recruiting Titch. Um, like, I don't unless you know they get a few injuries, which Adams could go down again. We probably expect him at some point to go down with something. Maybe they throw him in a little bit more, but I still think predominantly his role is going to be off that half back and. Um, almost distributing just the main distributor out out of there now. If he wasn't in the back half, like you said, like from memory, he was just about getting that spot, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 No, he was very good. Very, very good back half of the year. Um, Maybe what what if Pendlebury, obviously, if he's in the preseason going back, would that make you a little bit more hesitant um, going a day cost, or would that make you a bit like, well, Penderbury could cop attention from the opposition because they just know how um, good and composed he can be. Would that maybe a benefit to day cost? Um, yeah, that's that's a definite like hesitation. It's a watch for sure, um, just to see see what happens with preseason. And you know, I think it's pretty well documented that they're trying to move Penderbury more onto halfback and and you know let his legs run out there, um, but. You know, if I'm putting myself in the coach's shoes, I'm still thinking Dacos is my guy back there. Like, Pendlebury's on the way out. You're probably getting one or two years max out of him. Like, it's every chance this could be his last year. Throw Dacos in and and um, get his career up and going. What do you guys think about that? I think they loved going to him last year. I don't see it changing. Um, I, you know, I mean, like, I mean, like every player, right? 
there's certain I mean I don't know any player that doesn't have some kind of flag over them that we're not going to watch their preseason <laughs> right and that applies to Dacos just as much as it applies to everyone else but you know if things stay the same um, you know and if he even he stays in that role he's seen we've seen that he can go mid 90s and that's you know that's 10 points and you know if you're 95 plus in that defensive role you're normally in that kind of plus you know top six top eight kind of rank so that's um, you know that's that's good enough for me yeah absolutely yeah, he's, he's he's on definitely on my uh, preseason squad. Also, with like, the lack of value down there as well, there's what you know, there's there's not really much value in that de- defensive line. So, you know, he's one of the few that offers value. I mean, obviously, second year Blues obviously probably is a little uh, concerning for most of us, but but I, I think he's a, a pretty solid shot. Yep, agree. Yeah, and then did you say James at D three was was it Yo? Did you say Yo? Connor McKenna. Oh, sorry, Conor McKenna was a D3, yeah. So, um, is there any any defender, other defenders we haven't talked about um, that you're, like, high, like, high on the watch this, uh, heading into the, like, obviously early stages of the preseason? Yeah, I mean, for sure, Dawson is one to consider, I think. Um, he's good. Tim's boy, Tim's boy. He's been on him pretty much since the first space. <laughs> pre-season. Yeah, um, he's just a very good, good footy player as well. Um, every chance he moves up in in price um, come next year and priced at 101 though you know it does seem like a lot for for a defender um, that's just my gut feeling but like I said like we said because you brought the point up just then there's not a whole lot of value in that defensive line um, I think it's I think most people listening to this will know this year your defense and your ruck picks are going to be your most important lines. Um, so my general thinking is probably play it a little bit safer and then trade up to those guys if they're becoming, you know, um, must-have picks or they're running away with it um, rather than if you're paying up for them and they don't perform where you need them to, you're at a bigger loss because of those lines' importance. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Tim, is there any other players that you wanted to ask James about before we move on? <clears throat> no, look, I mean, obviously, you'll get talked about a lot. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting line because I think there's kind of two ways you're going to be able to play it. I think there's, um, you know, and we've seen with a lot of the team planners out there, um, you know, a lot of people are kind of fading defenders, which I think that, that is a real play, but it's a pretty risky play as well, I think. Um, and I think the, the other option is you could you could actually probably try and pay up and and maybe try and lock in you know two of those top four with maybe a Nick Dacos or something like that or even a Yo at, at kind of D three. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how coaches play that over the preseason. Yeah, I mean you can definitely do that. I think, but my only uh, like my immediate thought when you say that is, you know, you we have DPPs come in six, twelve, and eighteen. Um, the odds are we're probably going to get one or two defenders who are going to come in to the top six at those points. And if you've already paid up and they're not quite there, then you're really screwed. I think more so than if you miss them. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, we'll move on to the midfield. I'm really interested to see what who you've got lined up in your midfielder. Obviously, as we know, the first draft is a lot's going to change. But who have you got as your current um, starting eight midfielders? Uh, so... M1, Jack McRae, Darcy Parrish, Tom Mitchell, Ollie Wines, Dom Sheed, and then Will Ashcroft, Warple, and Will Phillips. 
All right, interesting. A few interesting names there. <laughs> Why do you say that? Well, there's one name I haven't uh, heard there I think, the... yet in the preseason. Um, yeah. What's that? Ollie Wines. Yeah. 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 Um, I haven't heard too many people talk about him at all. Actually, yeah, I don't think I've heard anyone talk to him. But he's priced at 98. Um, like that seems like it's a um, pretty good price for someone who's that good. Like I think it was pretty well documented last year. He was pretty well injured for the majority of the season. Um, maybe that's why he didn't go as well as his Brownlow year. But obviously, I think he went 112 or 114 in his Brownlow year. So if we say that's his absolute, absolute cap um, and he gets maybe 10% below that, then he could probably do a 110 um, because it's unlikely that he's going to perform in a Brownlow year level of scoring again. So Mm. if he gets up to a 110, then it's obviously a brilliant pick. Um, But if he... Um, goes again at that ninety-eight or one or two, then it's really not that good of a good of, good of a pick. I just think Port are going to be a bit much better team this year. Um, when you're winning, you score more, you kick more goals as a team. Um, there's just I just think there's upside. He finished the year yeah, strong, yeah. 113, 123, 125. Yeah. That's, sorry, before the finals. Yeah, I saw that as well. And that kind of just... He's got an yeah. 36 in there as well. So maybe some value. And then, of course, obviously, we know that he was, um, he was you know, pretty hampered last year as well. So, yeah, cool. All right. I like, uh, I like certainly hearing something that we haven't heard before. It throws someone else in the mix, you know? Yeah. Well, another another player that obviously... I've, I've heard a few people talking about over the, over the last week or so, um, Darcy Parrish. So he's obviously um, a player that's probably a bit discounted on what you'd expect him to do. But is there any potential worry with new coach, potentially new system? Like, obviously, I think he's underpriced and he'd be able to outperform that. What are your thoughts about Parrish heading into the season? Um, yeah, I think he's I think he's underpriced at the, the flat 100 mark. Obviously, huge concern with the new coach. Like, that's, that's one of my things I look out for. Um, new coach... Um, kind of can disrupt and you don't know how the the team's going to play. So it's definitely not a lock in my team. Um, I'm just interested to see how he goes because he's obviously got the game to go 110, maybe 115. Um, and he, I do have a bit of a soft spot for him because I traded him in like round two or three in 2021 and then he just went bonkers for me. <laughs> so um, that that was the year where he went ridiculous. So I do like him a lot. Um, so he's in there for now. <laughs> no, jo- no, Josh. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I know. He's one of your favourites. Yeah, I love. I love Josh. Oh. I. I don't know. With um, Clarko coming in, it just seems like he's definitely on the watch list. But um, you just don't know what he's going to do, and I definitely don't know Which- what Clarko's going to do that team. So. What is he priced mid nineties or something like that? I think he's ninety six, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, just obviously, uh, do you want to touch base on any other? Obviously, those names. Obviously, you had McRae and a couple others there. Just a couple, maybe a couple of words on those guys. Yep. So uh, McRae one hundred three point five. Um, Dunkley out. You know, pretty. I think it's um, pretty safe pick there. Don't know what he's going to go at, but I do. I can't see him doing much less than that. Um, Titch, yep. very much the same. New team, you know, 
odds are he'll probably go um, back into the, the, the three-figure mark. Um, I'm not as sold on him as everyone else is and not due to Collingwood's game plan. Um, it's more around um, just just him himself, really. I, I, I like it. He's a great footballer, um, but he does need to have, um, you know, I think the right things around him for him to, to score well. Um, but then again, he does make the things around him because he's that good. So I think he'll go around yeah. that low 100 mark again, maybe 105. So obviously great value there. Dom Sheed, great value, 66.8. Um, just a wait and see on that one, really. And then you've got the... What, sorry. Before we move on from Dom Sheed, what do you, what do you think... What do you think Dom Sheik can go at? What do you What do you reckon the Eagles are? I mean, do you have any idea what they might have planned for him, or what you think he might be able to score? Oh, I think he can definitely do ninety five. Um, you know, as a top case, um, I think I think realistically he'll probably do the eighty eight to ninety ninety two mark. So probably ninety. <laughs> um, like he he's a he can win the ball well. He gets on inside and out. And the Eagles just are so depleted in there. Like, if he if he's fit and he's um, ready to go, I don't see how they can't not play him in there. Um, he's done yeah. it in the past. Um, he's had patches, you know, where he scores three weeks at one ten. Like he can he can definitely score and he can definitely play fantasy. So I just think if he's in, like he's just about the biggest lock for me at the moment. Yeah, I think, yeah. and I think. He's never had that kind of – he's always kind of been a second stringer in terms of um, – uh, like he'd be the rotation in terms of the midfielder, right? He wouldn't be one of the kind of the three main midfielders. Whereas now, considering how depleted they are, I think he's going to have to be one of the main men in there. Yep. And, you know, he's gone, at, he's gone at 91 once before. He's gone at 95 once before. So if he gets that role, I mean, you'd have to think that that kind of 90 to 95 is – and if he's fit, is is almost like a bit of a baseline, or well, not a base. Well, yeah, no, that could be the bottom end of what he might be able to do. Yeah, I mean, I think he's, I think he's, if he's fit, like I, I can't see how they don't play him in the guts with Tim Kelly. Like I think they're just going to be the two guys for him. Um, so it, it's probably more just his body and and how he goes. I think he's definitely got the role, but but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and. And Tim, right, literally right as you asked James, I was actually going to ask you. I was going to say, Tim, what do you think uh, both McRae and Sheed, have, what do you think they're going to average this season? McRae, well, McRae, I mean, I, oh, I must admit, I haven't kind of looked at what I think he's going to score. I think he can definitely be that top eight mid. He might even be able to be that top four mid. You know, he could go 110, 115. Um, so, I mean, once again, with that kind of value, I think it's just too hard to ignore. Um um, that's from a Cray. Uh, sorry, who was the other one that you said? Uh, Sheed. Sheed. Yeah, so, well, there you go. I, I mean, I think, like I said, 90 to 95 is probably, uh, you know, I, I, I'm always, especially when it comes to talking about my own team, I'm always optimistic. <laughs> um, maybe you can, maybe you can go triple figures, right? But, um, but, um, look at, let's call it 95. If you see well, if- well, yeah. If he goes, if he goes 80, even eighty-eight, you're still getting twenty-two points, yeah. and 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 he can go above that. We've seen him go above that for patches. So it's it's I'll I'll off the pit um, of him there. And then 
Uh, James, you said, did you, did you say you had Warpo? Yeah, well? the Warpedo, he's in for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, at 52, it's just, again, much, much the same. Mid-price value pick. Um, but definite, definite wait and see on him. Like, he's got to show something in, in preseason. Doesn't necessarily oh, have to be a score. Like, I'm probably more looking, you know... How is he? What's his intensity like? Like, does he actually want to play? Because, you know, you watch the Hawks play a few games last year and it, he just looked disinterested, like almost like he, you know, wasn't up to the standard. But obviously he, he is, like he's one of best and fairest. So if he, if he gets his um, shit together, then I think he's, you know, huge value. We have, he averaged what? Was it like near 95 or whatever in 2019 when he won the best in Ferris? So if he was to go even at 90, that's priced at 52. That's nearly 40 points on the price. Yeah. So if he's got, as you said, if he shows in the preseason that everything's going smoothly and he's good to go, then obviously one of the could be the value pick of the season. Yeah, absolutely. The other guy who I've got sitting at M9, I don't have a lot of bench players because I don't know, but Connor Blakely, I think if he, if he gets a go in the team, I think he's just about got to be picked in every single team. Like, he's priced at 26. Yep. Um, I don't know if he's best 22 or not. But, again, it's a wait and see. Like, he, if he's in, he's probably going to be at my M8. Um, he's just that cheap. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, one player, player I want to ask you about before we move on to the rucks and the forwards is... Roy Laird. So <laughs> I'm obviously he's my boy. I've got him in my sight at the moment. Um, I know Calvin is is on the train. Um, what what are your thoughts on Laird? I know you obviously you um, as you said you like uh, picking players with uh, value and you want to see value in every player. But I think as I said to Tim last week, I think Laird's different as an M1 this year being most expensive that he's done it before for a number of years, being like a like a great part like high screen player, defence or midfield. And I think he's only gone once under 90 since being playing midfield midway through, what was it, 2021 when he went in there. So what, what are your thoughts about paying up for him? And then we can, you can also bring in like a Brayshaw as well, who's the um, priced uh, as the M2. So what are your thoughts on the guys at the very top? Like you can add Oliver in there as well. Yeah, um, I think Laird at, what is he, 120 or 122, I think. Yeah, one twenty five. Yeah, one point zero six six million dollars. Yeah, so he's obviously expensive, um, but in seasons gone past, we've seen we've we've all started Tom Mitchell at one twenty nine and one twenty seven or whatever he's done, and you know that's been water off a duck's back. Like no one's giving it any second thought at all. And Tom Mitchell in those days is actually relatively more expensive than Rory led this year. Now I understand it's Tom Mitchell. He's a pig. Um, he's in a different different realm, but I don't think everyone should be dismissing the Rory Laird pick straight away. Because, like, I heard Calvin speak to him about the Crows the other day, and if he does come out and go um, one twenty five for the first six or eight weeks, which he can do, um, there's not going to be too too many other midfielders doing that. So, if yeah. he does that, then I think it's going to be yeah a great starting pick. But obviously. You've got to work out whether he's actually going to do that or not. I'm not sure. Like, I'm on the on the fence at the moment. Definitely, probably 30% of me is saying pick him and 70% no. 
Um, yeah, and that would be obviously the price coming into that. Well, yeah, the, at the 120 mark, it just yeah. does seem like a lot. But in saying that, I'm looking at my midfield now and, yeah, there's not too many um, big big dog captain options as well. So, you know, I don't mind an Oliver at his price as well. Um, what's he, 112? So potentially Oliver could come in. Brayshaw at 112 as well does seem like you're getting you're paying at the the top mark. So if it's out of those two, I'd probably lean towards an Oliver. Um, or the one the one flag the one flag I'd probably raise with Brayshaw is that he's got St Kilda round one, and we've seen and I, I can't remember who I heard off. Uh, it was a podcast of Richard Teresa. So apologies to whoever it was that said it, but I know Ross the boss is a, he's obviously tagged. Previously, so and he's obviously raved. Oh no, it was break even pod. That's right. Um, it was a uh, junk time. Dan, it was sort of better. Uh, saying that obviously that um, Ross Lyons always raved about Brayshaw, so he could get tagged round one. Then I think he's got a couple of teams in the first few rounds that could tag him. So that might be something with him. Maybe I might not pick him. Personally. Yeah, I mean, if there's there's a couple of tags lined up in the first four or five rounds, then that's something to take into consideration because then, you know, after, once you get that full rotation of a price in those five weeks, then he's going to drop a bit. So that's got to be um, taken into account as well. So potentially not so, not such a um, hot pick there, but we just don't know what the new coaches and, and who's going to tag yeah, every yeah. year is different. Yeah, no, great. Um, well, Tim, what do you, what do you actually, if you, Tim, if you had to rank those top three, how would you rank Oliver, Laird Brayshaw in terms of who you'd pick. So for M one, yeah, Dunkley. Oh, he's just gone. Dunkley's <laughs> just dismissed the three dollars. No, I'm actually. Um, oh, look, I mean, you know, uh, look, I think Laird's great, great player. Could be the top averaging player in the uh, in the comp again next year. Um, Brayshaw's going to improve again. He's going to be right up there. You know, once again, you know, in trying to play with the team planner and trying to fit in. I mean, I've kind of talked about my philosophy a little bit about, you know, the number of keepers I've wanted to. So I've, I've tweaked my team since last um, last week and I've now managed to get 13 keepers in there. But I've had to get rid of um, Dom Sheed for James Warple, which I'm pretty happy with at the moment. So, um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I just can't see myself paying up for Laird. Um, Brayshaw, I'd like to, but, um, you know, I just tend to try and find a little bit more value in that, that midfield. And I, you know, I do think he's got a few points in him, but I'm just, you know, when you've got the likes of Jack McRae, when you've got the likes of Tom Mitchell, um, you know, I mean, at, at the moment I'm even flirting with a Josh Kelly. Um, yeah, he's on watch just yeah. And with all the people we want to fit into the forward line, um, for me, it makes sense to have um, Josh Dunkley at M1. And, I mean, the other thing that I often try and do as well is I often have that mid-forward uh, rookie on the bench so that I've got that, um, you know, that rotation between the forward line and the uh, and the midfield. But if I've got the, the forward mid in Josh Dunkley there already, it means I don't have to give away one of my rook spots to a, you know, what is generally a not quite as good a rookie. Yeah. Well, James, what's your, what's your thought? Thoughts on having a it could be defender mid, but more often not going to be a forward mid. What which thoughts on having a, a uh, the flexibility of having like a Dunkley or Keneally or something in your midfield? Um, personally, I wouldn't do it. Um, like I do understand. I've heard people talk about it in the last couple of weeks or, or, or whatnot, but um, 
I think there's value in every line um, this year. So, and I understand there's a lot of value in, in the forward lines, but I don't, I don't know whether this is right or wrong, but personally to me, it just doesn't sit well with me. Like, I just don't like the look of it more than anything, but it's probably, it's more about finding the most amount of value and finding the most amount of points. And however you structure it, that doesn't really matter, I don't think. Yeah, no. I, I definitely can see the point. I've, I've normally not been a guy... I, sorry, I've been a guy that's always liked putting a forward in my mid just in case a pick fails. I've got flexibility to sort of swip, uh, like swap it around. But, um, but yeah, I can definitely see um, just picking um, those players that are in their actual positions. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah. Um, so, move on to the rucks. Obviously, this was... Uh, a bit of one where you went very different last year, where you went um, a Tim English and Ryan Marshall off the bat. Are you going to be starting those two this year, or will you be going different path again? Um, at the moment, Darcy Cameron sits in there and Rowan Marshall sits in there. So English is not in at the moment. Um, he's priced at one hundred two or one hundred one point eight. Um, doesn't to me doesn't present huge value, but um, I, I understand, you know, he, there's every chance he's in the top two rucks by the end of the year and whether you just want to lock that in and then go ahead is a, is a play as well. Um, but for me right now, he's not in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim, you're back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, beautiful. Did you get who James had in his rucks then? Uh, I heard he doesn't have Tim English. Yeah. Dar- Darcy Cameron and Rowan Marshall in there. Yeah, cool. Yeah, love both those picks. Yeah, yeah. But that that and it, it, sorry, it, you go. Oh no, no, don't you go, mate. The rucks. I think the rucks is yeah, like I said before, huge, hugely important line. Um, so when it's to me, when it's um that much importance, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm picking a player under price who can go close to those top two rucks. Um, and if there's not one that I don't see, then then you go to find the the one of the top twos or um, something along those lines. Um, yeah, I, so I, who I don't do you know. Think, who do you think are going to be the top kind of call it top three rucks? Top three rucks. Mm. I think Rowan Marshall one, mm. uh, Tim English two, and then you could say a blanket on. Yeah. You know, a Grundy, a Weirdsy, a Darcy Cameron. I don't. I don't think Gorn will be up there, but who knows? Like he's a bloody good player, so he could definitely. You know, if it doesn't work, and then like the Grundy and Gorn situation doesn't work for him, and then they just throw Gorn back in, then he could be you know great pick round six or seven, and then average you know ruck one numbers for the rest of the year. Then he's obviously going to be number one ruck. Well, Tim, no, Braden Bruce. <laughs> Braden Bruce. Uh, hey, mate. No juicy Brucey. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're all. I think we're all mentally scarred from last year. Like, I literally. I think I've seen one Twitter <laughs> post um, considering him, and no one. Like, let's not even talk about. Like, it. I'll, I'll definitely. <laughs> I'm definitely considering him. Um, he's priced at 85, so you really want him doing that 100, 100 mark, which you know he's got the game to do. It's just. You know, like you said, we're all scarred. We want to stay away, and that's probably a safe play at this point. 
So if like people people say the Proust picks fraught with danger, I think the Proust picks fraught, uh, fraught with like apocalypse. Like, yeah. just every everything can go wrong. It's just yeah, like like as as Roy said, he can get um he gets injured and suspended in the same yeah. way. Like, like there's not many guys oh. that can manage to do that. I, look, I wouldn't be too surprised. Mate, I'm not necessarily saying this year if if he comes out and surprises us at some point. I, do you remember when he? I think was it his first year, and he Goldstein was um, injured for a period of about four or five weeks, and he he was tunning up every bloody week. Um, do you guys remember that? Yeah, year? I do. Yeah, that would have been. Oh, oh, I think mate, 2016, 2017. 2017. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Something so, there, yeah. Who knows? Maybe, right? Maybe we'll never see him again, or you know, he'll never see him at those heights again. But, um, but uh, I don't know. He's got, he's got a game in him if he can uh, put it together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tim, who, Tim, who are your top three ruts? Is is Bruce in top three in your top three projected ruts? Then? Nah, nah. Look, I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of. Look, I mean, Proust is why I did so well last year for such a long period of time. So I got a little bit of a soft spot on him, but then he kind of folded my season when I just held on to him too long. Um, but um, look, I, I'm uh, look. I tend to think that English has got a little bit um, of value in him, um, not much, but um, a little bit of value in him. So I've got him at my R one. I've got Ryan Marshall at R two. Obviously, subject to what happens with McDonald, but um, um, sorry, is it McDonald? No, what's his name? The other guy in the top, in the side, Campbell. Um, but I've, yeah, Campbell, right? But they've, obviously they brought Lob in, so I hope that should you know quell that that fear. But we we don't know yet. Um, but the only reason why I'm doing that is because I do want Darcy Cameron in my side, but I want him in the forward line. Why do you want him in the forwards? I I like having that flexibility, um, so that if something does happen with English or Marshall, that I can. I mean, because if something happens with English or Marshall, who the hell are we going to go to? Um, so, and I think, I think Darcy Cameron can also be in the realm of a top five forward. Like I reckon he can probably score around about that mid 90 mark, um, which makes him about 13, 14 points underpriced as well. So I think he offers good value. Um, he fits what I like to do in the, in, t- in the way that I like to play in terms of, you know, those keepers. Um, and then he also gives me that flexibility and cover in the ruck line as well. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, I, one thing I'm trying to have my focus on a little bit more this year is I want to have my, what I consider my keepers be a little bit more solid so that I, you know, if I can have at the moment, you know, I've got what I consider would be 13 keepers for the year. If I can then just upgrade around them, um, I think that would put me in a pretty good position. So that that's what I'm you know, that's why I kind of think I fell down a little bit last year. I think I had uh, just one or two too many fires to put out during the year, um, which is what hurt me. So if, I'm just trying to try and be a little bit more secure in my in my starting squad. I like yeah. it. Yeah. No, that, that, yeah, I, I've always, I always liked being um, secure with my premiums. Like that's one thing. And that, that's part of the reason why I've gone, like, well, at the moment, I'm going a lad in the midfield because I just have the most trust in him out of all those top mids because I've seen them put up some stinkers when I've owned them. And, and I'm always the guy that brings a premium in and, and they stink a bit. So, you know. Um, but who would be – so your, would your R3 in terms of scoring, Tim, would that be Darcy Cameron, do you think? And for, no, I pro- look, I, I'm going to go with Shuckers here. I haven't put enough for – I don't even, don't even know why I asked for three. Um, <laughs> I think I was just trying to give him a few <laughs> options, right? But um, 
Um, but yeah, I don't know who number three would be. I think it's the same as what James said. Um, this, there's a bunch there that we just don't know where they're going to be. I, I think Wits might not. I mean, he's probably low nineties, but um, like you said, throw a blanket over. You know, probably four or five of them. I think it's Grundy. I think he's. The th- I think he's our three. But you just couldn't start with him. I don't think just. I'm yeah, sure we'd more, see something like how, how it works out with him and Gorman. The more I think about Melbourne and the players they've got and how they're going to play that side, is I, I tend to think that Grundy's going to do a lot more of the ruck work and, and Gorney's going to be that kind of swing man. They're going to throw him behind the ball. They're going to throw him in front of the ball. They're going to throw him like, you know. Agreed. Yeah, I think he's going to be really flexible and they're going to throw him all over the ground. Mm. Um, so and, that might give Grundy an opportunity to you know, score a bit higher than what we think. And and everyone's crossed Grundy off. I'm not ready to cross him off. It's like, it's pre-season. Like, we've got to, we've got to obviously, like, you've got to have these players, because, like, again, touch wood, nothing, like, happens as injury-wise, but you never know. If one of the two ruts goes down, and all of a sudden, then that changes everything. But just, you never know, like, pre-season, Grundy's take off the ruts. He's only, what, 22k more than Marshall. If Marshall plays with Campbell, then I think you can justify pay, but then obviously you've got Cameron. So I think, yeah, as we said, Rux is a bit of a wait and see, and, and we'll see how they how they go um, in the season as well. So we're heading to the forwards now, but if for the people that are listening as well, if you've got any questions for James, shoot those through, just tweet underneath the Twitter space, and um, and we'll get to those as well. So, um, yeah, send them through. So heading to the forwards. Um, James, have you got um, as your six forwards? So this is obviously one where there's a lot of a lot of potential picks here that um, people are looking at. So I'm interested to see who you've got here. Yep. So F1, Dunkley, um, Canelio, Dylan Moore, Taron Thomas, Toby McLean. And then I've just got Matthias Filippo. Interesting. I, the thing I took most from that, um, I don't know about you, Tim, but uh, the two omissions there in Tim Taranto and was it, was it Rosie? Was that the guy you didn't have? Yeah. Yep, so those two. So reasoning, what, what, what's your thoughts potentially with those two heading into the season? Yeah, definitely um, two I'm considering for sure. Like, they seem like they're both well and truly underpriced. Taranto at 95, Rosie at 88. Um, you can definitely see them putting, you know, five to ten on that easily. Um, so, I mean, there's definite value for both of them. I just think there's value in the other guys I said as well, and I've only got six spots, Bailey, so I can't have them all. <laughs> so let's, yeah, let's talk about that. And that's, that's, let's talk about these, right? So there's some, I mean, obviously some players we've heard of, but there's some really interesting um, selections there. So talk me through Dylan Moore. Uh, Dylan Moore, priced at 93.3. Um, I can see him um, going into the guts a little bit more. I know I've heard a couple of things, like he's training with the forwards. Um, I just think Sam Mitchell absolutely loves him. And I think he's ready to take that next step in to be, you know, that more of a full-time or close to midfield, seeing how depleted they are with um, Jaeger and Titch going out. Like, they're pretty young. They're pretty young in that midfield. So if Dylan Moore does get a shout, like, he's got a brilliant, brilliant fantasy game about him. Like, he, he fills all stats lines. He can push forward and kick goals. He tackles so ferociously. Um, he runs really well for the plus six. I just think he's uh, yeah, really good, really good fantasy player. So that's why he's in there at the moment. Um, yeah. Certainly showed a bit last year. Yeah, for sure. Like he, I don't, I can't remember what his top score was last year, but just going off 
you know, what I think. Like, I could see him doing a 150 at some point next year. Like, I think he's got a massive ceiling. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's definitely one that's uh, one that um, I've got my on my eye on. Um, Cogs, obviously, you've got him. Because we could talk about Dunkley, but I think pretty much everyone... 138. 138, there you go. 138. Yeah. Okay. It's got a 111 in round one, 109, 138, 105, 129, 112, 104, 101. Who's yeah, the one so, against? Uh, oh, it doesn't, mate. I'm looking on footy wide. It doesn't say. It just says <laughs> round seven. Ah, that's right. Doesn't, it doesn't add too much anyway. But, um, I was just, yeah, Cogs, um, uh, James. So, like, we, as I said, Dunkley, we could say, we talk about more, but I think it's pretty obvious. I think a lot of people think he's going to go, he could go potentially 10 points better than the next forward. So, but Cogs is the one that I want to get um, your thoughts on, obviously, with uh, Taranto and Hopper out of the side. Yep. Um, so, exactly that reasoning. Um, like, Taranto and Hopper um, out of the side, like, it does open someone to be in that midfield a bit more. And, um, you know, we did see Cogs go back in and obviously when he's in, he scores so so much better playing than rather than playing the half forward role. So if he's in there, like he could definitely do a 105, um, which is probably going to be good enough for a top three forward, um, which is, yeah, he's in there for me. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's locked into mine. I've, I've had him pretty much since it started. Cause, and and Calvin reiterated this. Um, stats. Well, I didn't obviously know the exact stats, so thank you very much to Calvin for obviously doing that in the in that uh, little pod as well with the GWS um, guys. But with Cogs, um, what was it? He um, I'm trying to get his average up. Um, I think it's like near that. It was like, like over the one ten mark um, after um, he went full full time midfield essentially from when Leon Cameron was sacked. So there's definitely meat on the bone, which you can't say that with a lot of the guys that are priced up there because a lot of them are either fairly priced or maybe overpriced or not that much, whereas he could potentially be 10 points underpriced. Yeah, potentially. Um, The other thing is, like, I heard someone say there was only 24 players last year who scored over 100, um, like, throughout throughout the whole game. So, like, 100 Mm. is bloody hard to average for a player. I mean, not that I've done it, but, like... I just there's not that many players who are going to score a hundred or a hundred and ten or a hundred and fifteen. Like last year, we saw what one player do one fifteen, and that was Laird doing one twenty. Um, so when you're considering these big dogs like a Dunkley at one hundred eight, he's got to be really in the top two or three scorers in the game to do that. Now there's every chance he does it, and he's the top scoring player of the game. But um, for him to be, you know, that brilliant pick, he's really got to be in the top two or three. You'd think. Yeah, um, and Dylan Moore as well. That one thirty was against Melbourne, so I, I, I'm that guy that if I don't know something, I have to <laughs> search it up. Always got to look on, got always got to look on Google for everything. So, um, so there you go. Um, Tim, any any guys in the forward line you want to ask James about before we move? Uh, on to, so who, were, who uh, else? The was there another mid pricer there? We had Tim, Toby McLean, and who was the other one? Taron Thomas. I uh, was there. Taron Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean. Yeah, I mean, walk us through it. I, I, I like both those picks. I've got Taron on my watch list and Toby McLean in my team. Yep, so Thomas definitely just on the watch list for now. Uh, so what's he priced at here? 53.7. So, you know, he can he can score, he can play. It's purely about, again, one of those players like a Warple 
he's got to be switched on. And if he is, like, he's going to be scoring, you'd think, minimum 80. Um, you know, probably more realistically close to that 90 mark. So if he is um, ready to go, then he could be 30, 40 points under price. Yeah, no, definitely uh, got a lot of value there. Any any other players in the forward line, James, that you're looking at at all that kind of watch this we haven't spoken about yet? Um, yeah, lucky, like you said, Tim Taranto, Connor Rosie, they're definitely um, ones I want to consider. Um, like Tim said before, uh, Darcy Cameron could potentially um, be in the the forward line for a bit of flexibility. Um, Zach Butters as well. Um, he's definitely one on my watch list. I want to really watch him closely. But every year I start him, he always just gets injured early on and annoys me. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was just, I was just about to say that. I, he's one of those players that I'm just... Oh, he's burnt me in the past. I, I I have to put him on the watch list still. You can't just just cross him out. But yeah, it's it's interesting Like, is if, he, if we start him or not because he has burnt us in the past and he always he's just one of those players that just seems to get injured and it's not like he is a late out or anything like that. He always gets injured early in the game on like thirty or forty. Yeah, for sure. Like I'd love to I'd love to pick someone like an Errol Goulden, like around that seventy five to low eighty mark. Um but I'm just yep. not sure yet if there's gonna be someone who's gonna be worth it at that price. Maybe a Ben Cunnington as well. Um but again, it's a flag yep. just purely because he plays for North Melbourne. Um, so limited scoring there. So, um, yeah, not sure, not sure yet. What, what, what do you think Cunnington uh, does this season? Obviously, priced at seventy five point five. Do you see him going ninety plus? Or well, I think North Melbourne are just going to have some natural improvement. You know, be a bit more competitive. So, you know, he's back. Who's just their inside bull, and he's obviously done. Um, 90s in the past it says here 21 average was 99 so um priced at 75 potentially he could go back to to, to a low 90s or a mid 90s um which would definitely definitely make him a, a good pick if he did that um but it's it's probably more around um seeing what Clarko does with him and how the kangaroos play yeah yeah he's he's, he's on my watch list um as and there's three North Melbourne players uh, in the forward line, especially on the watch list. The, probably the one last one I want to touch on, Darcy Tucker. Um, any interest um, from you there? <laughs> Obviously mid-forward. Um, not as of yet. Uh, what's he What's he priced at? I just can't see. Uh, he's 457, priced at 51.6. Okay, so he's obviously very cheap at 51. Um, you know, he'll be a, he'll be a watch... If he gets a, a midfield role, then um, potentially could be, you know, go, he could potentially go at that 75 mark, which is, um, you know, just about erring on good enough. So he'll be a watch. But there is so many value picks in the forward lines that I doubt come round one he'll be in there. Yeah, well, I, I lied. I, there's one more player I want to ask you about. He's, he's, he's one of our pros, uh, boys. Wayne Miller, oh. could you could you even look at considering him if he's got that as Calvin said, if he's got the role? Um, what what's he priced at? So he's four forty one. So he's priced at forty nine point eight. So he's actually I think he's priced cheaper than he was last year. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wasn't he playing in the forward line at the end of last year? 
Yes, yeah. I, I, as a Crows fan, I just think it's a better def- like rebounding defender. So, and I've heard on the news in Adelaide that he's there's rumours of him that he will be playing back in defence. So that's that's why I raised the point. Yeah, I heard that as well. And you know, he he is a very skillful player and got a great kick. Like if he goes back to the half back line, then they'll want it in his hands. I think so. It does definitely present some value um, at that forty nine mark. So. Yeah, I'll definitely be be watching him over the preseason. That's for sure. Yeah, Tim, any interest from you about Miller? Ah, oh, not yet. We'll see. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. Um, Mate, Tim, I'm curious to kind of. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious to. I mean, we've we kind of gone through all the players now. I'm kind of curious before we maybe there are questions out there if people want to ask James, maybe send them through. But. Um, uh, I guess question for me, mate. Like, you know, after you went came second last year, um, you know, without giving away too many secrets, of course. What what's the plan for this year? Have you got a plan for this year? Like, you think there's something that you, you know, maybe that you shouldn't have done last year that you're going to try and change this year, or you know, like I was talking about before, I'm going to slightly alter my strategy to be a little bit more secure with my starting squad. Um, you know, like, what are the thoughts about how you're going to approach this year as, as compared to last year? Yeah, so obviously came second last year, so had a fantastic season. Um, by all means, did not have the perfect season at all. Did some things right, did, them, did some things wrong. Um, but, you know, one of the biggest things that I took out of it were having such a good year was um, backing backing myself in and my thoughts and being very, very aggressive um, so that's part of the reason why, you know, I'm not overly comfortable with having a Dunkley in your midfield because I feel like you can't mm. be as aggressive um, if you're clogging up a midfield spot with a forward, um, you know. So that's that's doesn't really go in with what I like. But also the other thing when I say that is you each year is – like that's the biggest thing. Each year is very different. So you've always got to amend your rules and play it week to week or, or season by season. Um, so this year I will not be doing what I did last year. Like that's for sure. And, and with the amount of content and, and things out there now, like everyone is going to get better. So if I did the same thing I did last year, um, yeah. You'd go yeah. So I need to improve probably by 10, 15% um, just to stay where I am. If that makes sense. Yeah, I like, I like that analogy. I mean, let's face it, it's a good way to approach things as well, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, whether that means I'm 10 to 15% more aggressive, whether that means, you know, I pick my spots a little bit better to be aggressive, it's probably a combination of the two. Um, but, you know, one thing I'm certain of, um, if I want to be back in the top 100, I need to do something differently. Did you do anything last year? Like, were there any weeks where you double downgraded or um, where you weren't aggressive? I mean, you kind of said before about how you were quite aggressive. I mean, one of the things that I always kind of look back on when I review my years is I always figure that I should be just more aggressive, more aggressive. I tend to be a little bit conservative. Um, do you think, uh, like, is, is that kind of how you approach your trades every week? Are you just going to go... I'm just going to get the absolute best player I can, or if you can't get the player that you want, do you kind of hold off? Or, um, Well, I think last year what helped me do so well is I really nailed the mid-prices and the rookies. 
Um, so I was able to generate a lot of cash early on and I was able to get up to the players I wanted. Like there was a couple of times throughout the year where I couldn't get the player I wanted, like maybe two or three. Um, but most of the time I was able to to manipulate my team, whether it's DPP or downgrading someone a little bit early. Like I remember, yeah, one, one, start, one point of the year, maybe around five or six, I culled the butters to go down to a Rosie. Um, and that week I didn't trade out a, a rookie or um, a mid-pricer. I mean, Zach, Zach Butters was supposed to be a premium, but in the end was probably more around that mid-pricer mark. Um, but I, I culled him to make a hundred grand so I could get up to a premium on someone else. Um, so that was quite aggressive and worked out really well. Um, so I wasn't necessarily doing your typical downgrade upgrade, um, in terms of rookie fattened rookie down mid pricer or, um, um, lesser premium up to your top dog, but I was finding ways, different ways to, to do that. Yeah, okay. And um, another question that I wanted to ask you, something that I did a little bit differently last year, well, well actually, it didn't really intend to. Um, uh, Jack Hayes was on my bench, turned up. I then was able to bring him on with an emergency loophole. And it just so happened that it left me with basically like 300k in the bank because I was able to, I think I, tr- I had a robber initially at R2, but I, I got rid of him. Um, do you normally start the year pretty much spending every single cent that you've got, or do you like to have a bit of cash up your sleeve to make a, you know, the, kind of that fix up trade in the first week or how, how do you approach that? Um, again, like it doesn't really bother me too much with how much I've got in the bank after round one. Um, I wouldn't want to have more than, you know, a hundred grand, but if it's, if it's yeah. 5,000 or 95,000, that doesn't worry me at all. Like I'm just going to yeah. make sure I pick the right players and then whatever's left over is left over. Yeah, cool. Bales? Beautiful. Yeah, no, you pretty much covered everything um, that I was going to ask. I think Alex has asked a question as well, mate. Well, yeah, I, I was just going to go through it. Then I was just, I was still laughing at uh, when we said uh, before James just like, he's like, um, obviously I finished second. I just, I just loved that. I thought it was <laughs> absolutely. He's wearing his hat now as well, by the way. <laughs> yeah, look, look, look at the profile picture on Twitter, mate. Loved it. I, I, I only dream of, of a day that I can, I can, I, I wear a cap pretty much. A lot where I go, especially now that obviously haven't had a haircut for for a while, being in the states. But I wear a cap all the time. If I can wear a fantasy cap, I don't care if it's a hundred, whatever. I just I just want one. So <laughs> hopefully this is the year I can get my hands hands on it. But yeah, um, Alex has asked a question uh, here as well. Um, if as I said before, as we said before, if you've got any questions, people listening now, um, make sure you tweet them through because we'll finish up in a couple minutes. But we'll uh, ask these couple of questions. So um, Alex has asked, um, do you think? Um, about no, what do you think about tag risk going into the season? Considering players like Rosie and Dylan Moore might get more attention given their ability influence game. So, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so I think it's definitely something you need to consider. I think it really only affects a handful of players who haven't been tagged in the past or and finished the season really strongly, and now are the the main guy in the middle. Like Rosie is obviously the poster boy of that. Now he's Port's main guy you'd think just won the best and fairest he's going to be in there and he's going to cop more attention um i don't think it's going to deter him a whole lot um 
natural improvement. He's only priced at 88, so it's not a huge risk um, considering his ceiling and what he can do. Um, but, like, you definitely look into it, but it doesn't throw me off, especially um, if it's only those first few rounds you're worried about. And would it be less probably? I would think the tag risk would be less with more, wouldn't you? I mean, A, you're going to tag when you're playing Hawthorne. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You wouldn't think so. Like, everyone's in the same camp where you don't think Hawthorne's going to be that competitive. And then um, when you're playing the bottom teams, the, the tag just drops right off, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, AFL Huey says, anyone know when the fantasy game comes out or is there no set date at the moment? So <laughs> well, actually, uh, I was <laughs> tweeting Warnie before because uh, he's what I think he's listening. I think he still is. Yeah, he is. Um, but uh, he's tight-lipped. I was harassing him, um, trying to get him to uh, spill the beans. Uh, and all he would say to me is, soon. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. There you go. Inside scoop. Um, soon is well, like I said. Well, up. it must only be a short tweet because his fingers are sore from doing all that coding on the on the computer. <laughs> I'm sure everyone will have plenty um, of plenty of time to put a team in. Let's just let's just say that. Oh, look, I, I think last couple of years we've been spoilt rotten having the game come out on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think we've just had it a bit too good, and now we're uh, now we're like, we want more. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. But there's obviously plenty of, uh, plenty of guys producing content out there, so we can all listen to, to all that and get around it. So, um, Tim, any closing, any closing thoughts for you that James can't tell? No, but I, I did, thought I'd tell you just a quick little story about what happened to me today. Oh, yeah? No, go ahead. On the seventh hole at Sun City here in Perth, um, hit off the tee, you know, beautiful drive straight down the middle over a bit of a kind of dog leg left, goes over a little bit of a crest on the right-hand side. My mate shanks it into the, uh, the left-hand side. I trottle off over the bloody, uh, over the crest. Next thing I know, I get out of my cart and turn right. This fucking golf ball hits me in the fucking side of the Jesus. head. Jesus. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Hits me in the, full on, hits me in the side of the head. I drop to the floor, hit the deck, see this ball bouncing off, landing, and ricocheting straight down the fucking middle of the fairway, the lucky prick. Man, I can't believe it. I, but I don't know how I've escaped. I haven't even got an egg on my head. It's sort of touch, but um, but man, I thought it was going to be in hospital. Yeah, Jesus. So you, oh, you're right though. Man. I'm. I, I am. I've made it. So uh, I was actually going to say at the start of the podcast, if suddenly I drop off or something like that, it's because I've fallen unconscious. <laughs> so someone call an ambulance. But, uh, but I've made it through. I've made it through. <laughs> that's uh, incredible. That's that. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So, Tim, we've had an action-packed day. You've had you've been hitting the head of the golf ball, and I ended up going to a hotel that that looked a bit like a dumpster fire. But there you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, I think that's it. Let's wrap so, it up. Yeah, yeah, James, mate, appreciate you obviously coming on. Obviously, uh, I'll say it again as well. I said to you in message quite a number of times, but again, congrats on on coming second because even though unfortunately the high lux wasn't to be last season. It's obviously second still a fantastic, obviously, achievement. And there aren't many coaches, um, well, there's only one coach every year that can say they came second. So um, congrats on a fantastic year, mate. And looking forward to hearing uh, more from you in the upcoming season. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. And just for everyone, what is it? Shuckers Fantasy? Yeah, that's... At Shuckers Fantasy? me. Yeah, yeah make sure you give him a follow. Don't bother, great man. Make sure um, you get around him. So, um, as I said, love the profile picture now, mate. So, <laughs> no um, but Tim, mate, 
Richard, mate. Thanks again, as usual, for obviously us jumping on together. Yeah, just one again. last thing quickly as well, just to let everyone know as well. We uh, we should have pulled our fingers out and got the Twitter spaces up as a podcast by now, but um, we've just, uh, well, it's just been busy with news and Christmas and stuff like that. So uh, we will have that up in the uh, next uh, Maybe we'll have it up before the game opens. I don't know. But uh, we'll, we'll find out, right? It'll be up in the near future and everyone can start subscribing and listening to the episode. And we've got, and we've got a new logo and channel art in the works currently as well. So it won't just be the just the generic um, AFL Fantasy logo. So it'll be a, a brand new logo. So looking forward to, to sharing that with everyone. Um, I won't shout out the person quite yet who's, who's making it yet, but um, we'll give him a shout out when he does that. But yeah, but make sure you go and follow... Um, the AFL Fantasy Fanatics account. Um, that's where all the Twitter spaces will be uh, coming up for the season. That's where you'll find find us this season. Make sure, obviously, you go follow uh, uh, Tim. Tim, where can everyone find you on Twitter? Tim Guest AU. And then there's a certain other platform that you're using currently at the moment as well. Yeah, my TikTok's blowing up, man. I got 260, 270,000 views on one of my videos there. Oh. So. But yeah, once again, oh, yeah. all fantasy related. Uh, it's all finance and investing, and you know what I actually do for my real job. Although I spend most of my time doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, spend too much time. Uh, as you know, not too much time. I spend all my time doing. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Uh, and then, all right, boys. And then obviously you can find me obviously at Bailey Ergain there. I might change it to something to do with bowls because everyone calls me bowls, so you know um, I might just change it to that. So there you go. Perfect. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. And we'll catch you guys probably in the next week or week after or something like that. We'll catch you guys soon. Cheers. Uh, right. Cheers. Thanks, boys. Thanks, everyone.